Have you ever been in a cycle? You, you've, caught, you've caught a cycle of life and you've observed it and it's been something that has changed you or affected you. Um, I'll give you a couple of examples. So, so here's a cycle. It's a cycle of a concern for health and healthy living. And so you go on a health kick and you change your diet and you, and you say, I'm going to exercise and you hold to it and you go through this cycle and then it starts to wane and you get back into, you know, the occasional, just once in a while, McDonald's trips and then you're just like, oh man, well, I'm just back into the way it was before until a few months later where you realize that winter's almost over and you put on a couple pounds and you go through the cycle again and you go back to being like, I got to do this. I got to get this right this year. And so you go back into health conscious. I don't know. Maybe I'm just talking about myself. There are other cycles we go through. We go through financial cycles. We go through times of discipline and times of spending ridiculously. We go through times of, of, uh, of, of feeling like we're supposed to be doing something important with our life and then feeling like we're, we're stuck where we are and wanting to get to there and, and not knowing how it all works together. Again, I might just be talking about me, but I could be talking about other people in this room. Have you ever been through a cycle? I think that's a really important question. One second, please. Not COVID. <laughs> and, uh, and so we do this um, in our life. We go through cycles, experiences of cycles, and, and there's a lot that we experience, but I believe that God is at work in these cycles. I believe that God is doing great work. Um, and I think what we're going to do in our, in our message today is we continue to look into Jeremiah, um, we're going to see that God is doing, is doing work. Um, Jeremiah 18 is where we are. We've moved from a reliance on external religious practices. We're moving into a reliance on um, a heart change, that God is allowed to work in our heart, right? So that's what we're moving to. We're moving to a place where God can work in our hearts. And so in Jeremiah 18, 6 and 1, Jeremiah comes, he's still in the midst of, you know, the, 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 the dark news prophecies that are coming, that, that the world, uh, that they know it, the Israel or Judah, they know it is, is in imminent danger. And, uh, and so the warning continues, and Jeremiah 18 is an important piece. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will let you hear my words. So I went down to the potter's house, and there the potter was working at his wheel. And the vessel he was making of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And so he reworked it into another vessel. It seemed good to the potter to do. And the word of the Lord came to me, O oh, house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter has done, declared the Lord? Behold, like the clay in the potter's hand, so you are in my hand, O house of Israel. I've never been so alarmed by this verse as I have been when I, when I look at this. So I have you in my hand. That's supposed to be a word of comfort, isn't it? I have you in my hand. In this case, God's saying, I have you in my hand and I can completely bring you down to a formless piece and reshape you as I want to see you reshaped. 
I have you in my hand, takes on a ton of different connotations, doesn't it? Where all of a sudden God has us and he goes, do you think that because you are this, that I cannot make you into something else? I have you in my hand. And God has you today in his hand, and he is the one who is shaping you. See, Jeremiah is still warning Judah that they're going to fall, and God's showing him how he's working in the story. And this is a picture. This potter's hand is a picture of the way that God works in us. God has you in his hand, and he is shaping you, and how he shapes you is ridiculously important. How he shapes you, it actually really matters. See, God has us, I believe, on a potter's wheel. He has us as a church on a wheel, and he has us in our life on a wheel. It is, it is a cycle. We are going through a cycle, and in the Bible, we are able to see this, this repeated process that God is taking us through, and we are able to see that God is shaping us as he goes through it. It's, it's like the potter just sits at the wheel, and the only real potter experience in recent time that I have is a Corolla commercial. Anybody seen that Toyota Corolla commercial where there's like a woman, she's like in a pottery class, and she's looking at this red Corolla, and she's like pretending to rev her car and just the potter's wheel just keeps on and clay's just going everywhere it's like this this push on the wheel and clay's just flying everywhere because she's daydreaming about like this dream car that she wants you know but god's a much better potter than the person in that commercial right <laughs> and and so god has us has us on this wheel and he is the one who is working pushing that that spinning motion god is the one at work being like all right we're going to keep on going through all of the stages of your life. It's this push and mold. Anybody ever felt God molding something out of you? Maybe an attitude. I know that for me, there was a time in my life where, where God was molding out of me an attitude of anger. And, and he did it by exposing me to tons of places where I would get angry. <laughs> and I was like, oh, what? And I just felt God just like molding. As, as I'm on this wheel, he's molding and out of me starts to become more the fruit of the Spirit. Joy, peace, patience. In response to the exact same stimulus, joy, peace, and patience started to come out of me. And I was like, wow, God is molding me. You get that image right there that God is molding us. And, and what's happened in our discussions about discipleship so often is, is we look at it, discipleship is what do I need to do? What do I need to do to become a better Christian? What do I need to do to make myself rank up a little bit? To be a person that's like, yeah, I'm, I'm here and I have achieved this level and I have done this. What do I need to do? And God's saying, why don't you pause for a moment and consider the potter in the potter's house. What does the clay need to do to be put into shape? Absolutely nothing. God, in his faithfulness, is shaping. Now, because we're not simply clay, we stu still do have autonomy and will. We, our place is to say, God, make me aware of where you're shaping me. 
Make me aware of what you're, what you're birthing in me. Make me aware of what elements of the fruit of the Spirit you're developing in me. Make me aware of what elements of, of this coarse, hard world that you're taking out of me. God, raise my awareness to what you're doing. We, we need to move beyond this idea that we are a low-level Christian, and then we graduate to a next-level Christian, and then we go to a next-level Christian, and finally, we're at like a level five Christian being amazing, right? We need to remove this, this progression idea that I could be better than you, and we need to allow ourselves to understand in humility that we are but clay sitting on a wheel, and that God is shaping us. Where is God shaping you? What is God working in your heart and life? What is God investing in you? God, yeah, okay, he corrects and he removes, but he invests in you. He invests capacity in you. He invests ability in you. He invests new in you. And he is doing great work for his name and for his glory. See how I did that with the song? Bring it back, right? But it's important. For his name and for his glory, he is not finished with you yet. He's investing in you. He's investing in me. Guys, he's not finished in me. Thank God. My wife is extremely thankful. So real discipleship is being molded into the image of Jesus. That's what discipleship is. It is being molded into the image of of Jesus. The vessel that he was making, that the potter was making, of clay was spoiled in the potter's hand, and he reworked it into another vessel, as it seemed good for the potter to do. The image Jeremiah sees is God reworking the nation into another shape. He, Jeremiah is seeing that God wants to see the nation of Judah as a people whose heart is after God and not just after the benefits that following the rule of God brought. He wants to see Israel become a people who are asking God, what are you doing? How are you changing me? He wants to see Israel start to look back to the Psalms and start to say, teach me your way, O Lord, and, and let me know your statutes. Let me understand you and what you're doing. He wants people of Israel to be pure in heart. And I guess I want the same for the people of promise. I want the same for us. That as people of promise, that we don't take lightly the work of God in our heart. And I believe that we don't. But I want to continue to remind us that we allow God to mold in us and shape us into the image of Jesus. That's what discipleship is. That's what God is doing with us. Okay, a couple of notes. Um, the clay God's working with is most definitely you. But you can twist yourself out of shape and refuse God's molding work. You can. See, that's kind of what the, what the story is here in, in the passage where, where the potter is working with clay and, and the text says that the, that, the, that the clay was spoiled in the potter's hand. And for us, 
when we resist the work of God, when we push against it and say, God, this far but no further, we, we, we spoil that work. We, we, we become this hardened clay that, that, can, that, that God's like, what am I supposed to do with that except for restart, let's go again. And so we're able to resist the molding of God. And my heart for us at Promise Church is please do not resist God's molding. Hebrews says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion. Wow. Wow. Let's not, re let's not resist God's work. And here's what it is. It's an honest heart's cry. It's as far away as an honest heart's cry. God, help me not resist your work. <laughs> Easy. It's not super religious. It's not super magical or anything like that. It's simply, God, help me not resist your work. Or conversely, God, check me. Is there any place that I am resisting your work? Whew. Whew. Give it 30 seconds, you'll have an answer. 30 seconds, and you'll be doing some mental gymnastics trying to figure out why God wasn't touching that. Right? Because, because God's like, I know what I'm doing, and he's communicating us with us. And sometimes we're just like, I didn't hear you, God. I don't know, maybe that's, again, too much self-revelation. So God is molding us into the image of Christ, and we ref if we refuse God's molding action, or we give permission to God's full molding action, this is, this is our will in play. Our will is in play saying, God, I, I refuse your molding action. I'm on this wheel. I refuse it, or I accept it. And Israel had clearly resisted God's molding action, and Judah was being asked, will you resist as well? Are you going to resist? Powerful. Powerful. So God is working in that. You know, it is like this potter, potter's wheel. We are able to see God's active molding in our life as we recount and build testimony around God's action. And this is my point. As a church, we need to be, and I'm going to get into it in our next sermon series, which is called Healing. We need to be a people-facing church. That's what we just did in Lectio. You were facing each other. Because God is actually working, and we need to be able to recount it to each other so that we can see it. When we get lost in our individual expression of religion, we become our own metric. We become our own rule of like, oh, well, what works for me might not work for you, you know, whatever. And we can become pretty self-righteous. In other words, I can overlook my own evils. I can, over, I can underlook my own capacities. I can overlook what God is doing, and I can say, oh yeah, God's not dealing with that in my heart at all. God's not touching that, and I can ignore it until I start hearing it. When I'm in a people-facing church, I start hearing it. Oh, God's working in that in you? Shoot, he is working that in me too. He is. And we hear it when we face each other. It's not about religion. It's about this community piece that's like, well, we hear it. And we know God's voice as we build testimony. Oh, God's working that investment in you. He's building that in you. Wow. I wonder what God is going to build in me 
Like, I get inspired as well when I hear the great things that God is doing in other people's lives. I, I hear it on Slack. People dis- discuss stuff and they tell me stuff. And I'm like, this is awesome. <laughs> Someone in our congregation just said, when making pottery, it's frustrating and daunting to start over on your piece so much more when it's your character. Right? When God is working that character piece in you. And he's saying, yeah, we've got we've to look at this. God is working it in us and he's saying, you know, change this. Have this affected. Have this molded in you. This heart, which is my heart, molded in you. Jeremiah also says, I will build a heart of flesh in you and replace the heart of stone that's there. Yeah, it's hard, but it is so rich and so good when God starts to bring it in. And someone else on Slack says, I always get in the way by being a, a baked vessel for noble use when he wants me to remain as a moist clump of clay ready to be adjusted. Huge. Huge. God wants you to remain pliable. Because guess what? This isn't in my notes, but this is actually important. What God used you for 10 years ago is not necessarily what God is going to use you for two years from now. And to make that transition, he's going to do some molding. And he's going to affect change in your life. God's not done with you yet. He's not done. So let's see a couple ways of how we experience this act of molding in our life. And you guys will be familiar with this if you've been around Promise for any length of time, but we need to see it. We need to see it. I'd encourage you to start a prayer journal. Honestly, anytime you pray, take your phone out and get quick with your thumbs and type it into some notes or some document builder and just be like, this is what I prayed about. Or if you really want to really make it all united, you can actually slow your thoughts down by typing out your prayer. And your heart sits in that just a little bit longer than a fleeting thought prayer that you just release to God. You actually start to just type out your prayer. Dear Jesus, please help me in this moment. I am so frustrated with my child. Dot, dot, dot. My child is yelling at me again. Dot, dot, dot. Dear Jesus, please do something with this child. Dot, dot, dot. Cap locks. And now, Jesus, I need you to move. much self-reflection today (laughs) start a prayer journal because what a prayer journal does is it logs God's work in your heart it logs it and you look back and go oh indeed God is making progress because five years ago that was my prayer but today this is my prayer and that one got answered he puts us on on this piece and we need to really really give our lives over to God. So have you ever had a point in your life where you've questioned God? Anybody? Anybody? Honest? I see those hands. There were like four that just went like this. It's true though. We question God. But, and Jeremiah did. If we actually go through the whole book of Jeremiah, which we don't because it is the longest book in the entire Bible, and it took us six months to get through Galatians. Anyways, so if we do that, then we're going to see that Jeremiah questioned God. 
But if you found a, a point in your life where you're questioning God to God, this is brilliant. Because it's here that we start to learn and grow and understand what God is doing. Because we start going, God, what are you doing? Great question. And we start to understand, okay, this is what God is doing. You know, did you find clarity in your questions? Record that. Did God reveal himself to you? Did you see a new vision of God or a new mission of God that you hadn't understood yet? Record that. From where you are today, what's your working model for the mission of God? What do you think God is up to in the world? How big is your God's mission? These are important questions to ask your life and to ask your God. Do you hear God's mission, its impact in your life? Do you see the way that that mission is a promise? Because God's work in your life is part of his greater mission. He's working in your life, and that's a promise giving you a renewed purpose. There's so many people in our culture right now that need purpose. It comes from God's mission. What is God doing? How do you start to see that happen? When you see that promise, did you take the risk? You're writing this stuff down. You're going like, okay, am I risking to trust God? How many of you in your Christian life have taken a risk because you thought God wanted you to take that risk? I look at your faces and I know it's true. That, but this is the testimony of God at work. If we don't share it with each other, if we don't record it, we lose it and just think it's just normal life. And then we go, oh, I don't see God anywhere in my life. I have no evidence of God. I can't see him. Look at all the bad stuff going on in the world. It's a terrible thing. Life is bad. I don't even know why I go to church. And we lose heart. Well, it's because we're not recording the actions of God. Record it. Look at it. You are on a potter's wheel. This wheel continues to go. The, the, the promise moves into trust, moves into following where you adjust your life. Moves back into questioning where you, where you go, God, let me understand. Moves back into mission where you're like, God, I see what you're doing. I see how it affects my life so that this new promise that I'm going to risk and I'm going to trust everything again. And here I go around the potter's wheel and he's shaping me. And he's shaping you. God is so good. And you know what? In an instant world... We want to be able to say, oh yeah, yesterday I felt like this and God changed me and now today I feel like this. God's not a McDonald's drive-thru. He's just not. I would like a Big Mac humble with Coke and fries, please. Don't do it. But he's not that. What he is, is he is faithful. Record it, record it, record it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is one. You will love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. And you will tell of his acts to your children. You will teach your children. Lord Jesus, make us a church that talks about your action. Make us a church that talks about the testimonies that you are doing. Make us a church that's pliable, able to go from what we saw ourselves as one to what you will see us as in the future. Make us moldable. 
And Lord Jesus, for all the areas of stubbornness in our heart, those areas that, that mess up the, the end product, we humbly ask you to do what only the potter can do and reshape that part of us. Replace the heart that's gone to stone with a heart of flesh, Jesus, so that we can be the vessels, the disciples made into the image of Christ Jesus, our Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for being a part of Promise Church service today. Thank you for being a part of Promise Church and continue to share the work of God with each other. God bless you.